0: It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Courage for Monday, February 19th. Happy President's Day, and if I may take just one moment, happy birthday to Miss Sandy Freider, our dear family friend. Today is Sandy's birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Sandy. Dad, every once in a while, we get a guest on the show, and Happy President's Day. Happy Monday. We have one today. Mr. I want to, I don't want to mispronounce your last name, Rob. Rob DiFilippi? DiFilippi? Yeah, that's it. it.
2: There you I go. I got it right?
1: DeFilippi. Yep. <laughs> nice. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you and my dad did a podcast episode over on Auto Insiders recently. Uh, do you mind taking just a quick second to introduce yourself to our community? And then we're going to jump in, folks. Some major changes over at Stellantis, Ram, Dodge, Jeep, and Chrysler. We're going to break that down with Rob and go from there. But Rob, mind introducing yourself just briefly to- Sure. Uh, my
2: name is Rob DeFilippi. Um, I'm with Bentley Truck Services. I'm the branch manager of the Luzerne location. We are an Isuzu and a Hino dealer. Um, we are in the medium-duty truck business, and uh, uh, on the podcast, me and Ray talked about some of the similarities in the truck business versus the car business, and then some of the differences. So um, it was it was great to be on the podcast, and it's even more exciting to be live with you today this is totally cool i met you guys in staten island and it was uh, it was a treat
1: it was awesome meeting you in staten island rob and it's really great to get your perspective on the industry in the medium truck business let's kick things off though with stellantis i'm going to pull it up on the screen we've been talking about it we've been you know yelling from the rooftops that stellantis which is the parent company for chrysler dodge jeep and ram they have an oversupply issue all right well that has led to some changes and dad you've always said this with these executives you got to change the executives you got to move things around and look at this dad you've got reorganizing north american sales operations before we get into all the nitty-gritty there i'll just toss it over to you pops are you surprised by this considering the fact that we keep track of the fastest and slowest selling cars (laughs) in the united states of america and well they have all of the slowest selling cars in the United States of America. What,
0: what, was I surprised? I mean, at a certain point, obviously, they just changed uh, the head of North America sales. Um, uh, the former head went to Goodyear. The, the, the new guy uh, took over, and took a look at what he's got and said, well, we need to make just a few more changes. You cannot continue, if you're Stellantis, to be the league leader month in, month out, in the slowest selling cars in America. You have the highest day supply of new vehicle inventory compared to any other brands out there. So at a certain point, you have to look at what's been happening and you have to say, maybe it's time for a change. Maybe maybe we need to go in a slightly different direction. And, uh, well, apparently they are.
1: Rob, I wanna pull up one thing and then I wanna get your take on this. This is the chart from Cox Automotive that shows every single automaker, their uh, day's supply of inventory. We talk about day's supply all the time. It's a little confusing, but we'll try and simplify it. It's how many days would it take to sell all the available inventory based on the current sales rate. And you can see down here at the bottom left of this chart, let me zoom on in the bottom left of this chart, you've got Toyota and Honda, for example. They have a low day supply, 37 and 43 days respectively. Now, the industry average is around 75 days. And then, Rob, when I come all the way over here, almost getting off the page is Dodge <laughs> with a 276 days supply. Can you share with everyone, you actually shared with us some footage from your local area of a CDJR dealership that made it into a CarEdge YouTube video. What do you see in your neighborhood? Are you seeing a 276 days supply of Dodges in your neck of the woods?
2: I, I absolutely am. I mean, Now, granted, that was a big dealer. Uh, that we that we saw, but I mean, there's still as many cars there as there was before, if not more. And you know, the reality is that 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 YouTube video didn't do the the the, the their inventory condition uh, condition justice because the reality is there was another lot across the street uh, that you didn't include, and it just it's it's crazy. I mean, it's I, I cannot believe how wrong that. Uh, the the people at stellantis you know for them to have their pulse on the on you know on the industry and to get it so wrong it's just absolutely crazy i mean the jeep uh, you know like there was a truck when i was in staten island with you there was a truck uh, a black jeep grand wagoneer in the in the showroom you remember it
0: right yes it
2: was gorgeous i mean it's a gorgeous vehicle yep and that was a that was a trim level that was it wasn't a top trim level or whatever but it was seventy five thousand dollars and then they go with a hundred thousand dollar cars, the the big whatever they are I don't know what they're called series the Grand 3. Wagoneer yeah the series three and yeah. I'll tell you they're gorgeous gorgeous vehicles but Ray always says it they're making a product that nobody asks for <laughs> and 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 you know what I mean like I'm an Escalade guy okay this uh, I had an Escalade before I had this car behind. me. And the reason it's not an Escalade is I could I couldn't get an Escalade, but when I bought this car, you know. But, but um. You know, could I? You know, I can see people paying a hundred thousand dollars for an Escalade because it's got the name, it's got the brand recognition, it's got the status, uh, you know, the status symbol of it. But the Jeep doesn't. But it's command. It's trying to command the same price, and I think, I think it's going to, you know, at the end of the day. The market is going to seek its own level, and yeah. and and you know, you know this, these prices on these cars, and we're not just picking on Stellantis here, but I, I mean, it's there's other, you know, there's other company. The market is going to pick its own, seek its own level. There are people okay. that want to buy cars now, and they just can't. I happen to be one of them. <laughs> I, 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 I'm always looking for my next new car. This car behind me, it's a Mercedes GLS. I can't. I bought it at the top of the market when they caught me in a moment of weakness. I saw the car. I had to have it. I bought it. And uh, I traded in my Escalade for it. And you know what? I was all excited about it because I only got like, I got $15,000 less for my Escalade than when I paid for it for three years earlier. So I'm doing, oh, I'm doing good. So I looked the other way when I paid on top of this. But guess what? Now, okay, now maybe I want something else. I'm embarrassed to tell you that the car is only worth, they're only giving me maybe 60% of what the car was. on. I only bought the car 12 months ago. And I went to multiple dealers and it's all the same. I don't have to buy another car. And there's and the other reason is there's no good reason. The problem is there's no good reason to buy a car when interest rates are where they are. When I bought this car, the interest rate, I think I'm paying uh, 3.5% or 4%. I got golden handcuffs tied to this car. <laughs> I mean you know you know what I mean? Because why would I go into a car that's subject to a six or seven percent interest rate, at least? And that's if you get credit union, at least.
0: You know is what this I mean? Not their,
1: is this not there, Rob? Like like these are the um, uh, what's it called when when all these things happen at once? It's it's kind of like what we called the pandemic storm? when it started.
0: Yeah, perfect, perfect storm. storm.
1: Is this not a bit of a perfect storm for Stellantis? Like they can make all the executive, that's the big news for today, right? Is the fact that they they made all these big, bold decisions on their executive team. And that's great. I mean, it makes for a really solid automotive news headline. And quite frankly, for their dealers, dad, because you were on the receiving end of this and Rob, it'll be great to get your take on this as well. It must give the dealers some confidence, but is it not a perfect storm? Like, hey, Stellantis, you can make all the executive changes you want, but it's a perfect storm because your customers who would consider they be trading out of their existing vehicles. Well, now they're probably upside down on it or they have a low interest rate payment or an interest rate on it. So they're not really going to want to walk away from those golden handcuffs. Oh, and your price points are astronomical relative to your peers. Like, Do you not think they had to just make some of these changes almost for like theater because their dealer partners are probably getting so upset? What do you what do you think, Bob? I
2: I think so, too. I I do think so. I think the whole new car industry and remember, I'm in the medium duty truck business It's a little different, but but. But some of there's there's enough similarities to where this interests me tremendously. And I think all manufacturers are going to go through this same situation where the the people that bought cars a year and a half ago are so upside down. them because most people don't put the amount of money that you really need to, you know, to, to offset any kind, you know, to have any equity in the car. So people yeah. aren't going to want to people are going to are dying to get a new car and they just can't. You know what I
1: mean? What do you think, Pops?
0: Well, I, I I would say if I was if I was a CDJR dealer, and and I I just got the memo that well we've reorganized our executive team, I I would be, I would be somewhat ambivalent, and the reason I would be ambivalent is, yeah, it makes good press release, but unless you're telling me that the that the vehicles that we have in stock are all going to be re-invoiced at a lower MSRP or unless you're telling me that there's going to be huge incentives to help us do something to get rid of these vehicles if you're not telling me one of those two things I'm not interested I don't even want to meet with them cuz cuz you know they're going to go on a road show tour Oh, we're going to go to the dealers. We're going to go talk. We're going to go find out what the dealer. The dealers have been screaming at their factory reps at the top of their damn lungs for months. They know what the dealers think. The dealers want to see some money on these cars, these vehicles, so that they can get rid of them. So, so I would be ambivalent. No, I get it. I get So, Rob,
1: let's um, let's transition this over to your your uh, part of the market. So, you're in the mid-duty truck market so you mentioned Hino, for example and some of the other Oems that you work with are there parallels and similarities between your business and what we see going on right now or are things a little bit different in that uh, in that world and also feel free to give some context on like what mid-duty trucks are because I we don't we rarely talk oh, about that part of the market
2: so uh, a medium duty truck uh, the best way to describe it would be not as small as a pickup truck um, uh, and not as large as a tractor trailer as a, as a tractor Okay. It's it's all the box trucks, like like the truck that's sitting right behind me. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of truck. Um, so you know, that's the kind of thing I, I I sell. And I'm a chassis dealer. So these trucks come, they're they're incomplete vehicles when I get them or when I order them from the factory, or when my company orders them from the factory. Um and and you know, we have to take that truck and ship it to uh, either put it on our lot and ship it later once it's sold to a, to, a, to where it's going to get a box put on it or a tank or a refrigeration unit or wh- whatever. Um, the truck starts out as a as an incomplete vehicle. But by the time <laughs> I'm done with it, I am selling it to the customer as a complete vehicle. So there's a layer of there's another layer of complication in the production um, the, uh, the, the, supply chain, uh, that, you know, the, the car bit, the car dealers may not be used to, because you know, for example, presently right now, the truck, you know, where chassis are starting to come in after years of not coming in, they're, they're starting to come in and they're coming into the body companies, but the body companies cannot keep up with the flow. Interesting. And, and so I'm, i'm waiting you know trucks are just sitting there waiting and waiting for bodies and these are customers that have ordered truck a while ago now that doesn't mean that we don't have trucks on in, on ground we do have box stuff in stock we do that has changed um you know uh, so that's changed but it's not where we would all like it to be
1: hey Rob. So your your business was impacted by like Chip shortages or oh, supply chain issues.
2: Let, let me tell you, we, uh, we were seeing things that I never thought we would see. I mean, when I started in this business in 2006, okay, GM um, Isuzu was part of uh, General Motors at the time, and when that happened, and that when that was going on, we used to be able to order trucks out of a bailment pool. Like in other words, the body companies would have trucks sitting on the ground, and you'd wow. be able to pull out of their pool. You'd get invoice for the chassis. And uh, and they they up you know they upfit the truck right there. You didn't have to pay for the freight to get it to the body company, kind of thing. Um, that that has totally changed. That business model went away. I'm assuming it went away. I don't remember when it went away. I'm guessing it went away when GM and Isuzu decided to separate. Um, but you know, then it got to the point when, when COVID happened. I mean, everything came to a screeching halt and it was tough to get trucks it was very very tough to get trucks it got so hard to get trucks that we had to do something i never thought i'd ever see in my lifetime which was because bentley is a family-owned business that prides itself on not just selling trucks over the curb that's only that's part of it but it's what we like to do is we like to service and service the vehicles we sell and keep you know keep the vehicles in our marketplace and 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 have that truck touch that truck. you know, for the life of its for the for its life entire life. Yeah. So at at one point, inventory got so bad that we would not sell to out of state customers, out of
0: market,
2: out of market customers because we didn't want to cannibalize our our parson service business.
1: Wow.
0: Um,
2: and thank God, thank God, that's over. Thank God, that's over. We can sell anywhere we
0: need. To. Can I can I ask a, a silly question? Sure. what what is the average time between your customer coming in and and picking out the cabin chassis that they want and and then deciding on whatever type of box that they want to have on top whether it be refrigerated or whatever um what's the what's the typical time frame from when they come in and they say yeah I want to do it to when they actually get their vehicle
2: oh that's the the, the range is huge I mean if I have the So there's some box trucks on the ground right now. So theoretically you can get a truck in a day, right? The spot Mm -hmm. delivery spot delivery is not something that really happens in this business. Um, I think I've done one spot delivery in my entire career and I've been doing this since 2006, but to answer your question, there is no straight answer. I mean, I could, there's trucks I'm waiting for, for a year. Wow. Um, right now, uh, the guy ordered it a year ago and we're still waiting. That is the exception, not the rule, but, um, Uh, I would say on average, uh, you know, when I started in the business, it might've been a month, two months. Now it's a little longer, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to get better. But the idea is to have, you know, to be, you know, we always talk, I know we talked a lot on the podcast that we did about transparency Mm -hmm. and, you know, we got to be transparent with the customers and let them know what's going on. And a lot of times, you know, especially when all this COVID crap was going on, you know, we were telling people what they didn't want to hear, but it's changed now. You know, people are still, you know, p- p- you know, we're still we're moving trucks and we're very, very busy. And I think we're going to be busy for a while because the demand is still there because people couldn't get trucks for so long that um, the trucks
1: that they um, have. Are- I was just going to say, let's pull on that thread a little bit because I think it juxtaposes so well with what's going on at Ram and Dodge and Jeep and Chrysler. There are some vehicles. There's this, this case to be made that there's pent-up demand. And there are some vehicles, you're talking about medium-duty trucks, for example, where there's still pent up demand, and you're busy because of that. And hell, we can look at Toyota days supply. I was talking to one of the Toyota dealers, we're starting to work with the Toyota dealer, Rob. They had a 70-car weekend. Jeez. A 70-car weekend. I mean, that's absurd, right? And but it's because there's pent-up demand for Toyotas. And then you look at, and let's pull on this thread, and then you look at Ram and Dodge and Jeep and Chrysler. And I guess my question. We talked a little bit about it earlier. My question to you, Rob, and, and Pops, to get your take on it as well. Do you think it's all price? Because when you look at charts like these, this is, since 2019 to 2023, a chart showing the average transaction price for the top line is RAM. The next line down that kind of brownish line, that would be the total for all the brands combined for the manufacturer. Jeep is the purplish, pinkish line in there. But I mean, like, like, let's just focus on RAM for a second. The average Ram tra- transaction price went from $50,000 back in Q4 of 2019 to $70,000 in Q4 of 2023. So, you know, the point here being pent up demand. Is there pent up demand at a $70,000 price? But I feel like we're getting our answer in real time,
0: aren't we? I think we are. I, I mean, that's why there's, you know, such a, a-, a huge day supply of-, of Ram trucks out there. I, I think Rob's pent-up demand is different. I when they're during COVID, when you couldn't get the the incomplete vehicle, well, if you couldn't get the incomplete vehicle, there was no way to turn that into a complete vehicle. That's right. And, and and, the pent-up
1: demand, you know? yes, yeah.
0: and and so that shortage translates into business still being. Um, risk today it's it's all those trucks that they couldn't sell that couldn't be built that are now being built and that rob now can sell it's it's it, i i think your industry rob was probably impacted much more so than the, than regular retail automotive
2: yeah I, yep I, I i agree with it i i definitely agree with it you know as it's nice that we're starting to come out of it but it's it's going to be a long time before before it works its way. And I, and I don't you know what? I honestly don't know if we'll ever get back to normal. Like, you know, like that whole bailman pool thing, that's never going to come back, at least as far as I, I don't think it's going to. And, no. you know, um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into allocations here. But the way that, that allocations are handled, you know, um, we're you know, I don't. You know, we're getting to the point where, you know, we're still on allocation. We have to wait. We can't just pick up the phone and order a truck. We have to wait till the factory says we can. And when I started in this business, you could just, you know, you could go in, order a truck at a time and you were good you know what i mean that's that's completely changed mm. might it ever go back to that it you know depending on how the economy goes you know down the road in a, a year or two or whatever maybe it will but right now there's still so much pent up demand because we could not just what, what ray said is absolutely correct we couldn't get trucks when we wanted them and people were forced to drive their old trucks longer and that's another part of this that's another side of the business that's that's crazy the used truck market as a general rule the used trucks have the used trucks that are out there in the marketplace have more miles on it than they typically would.
1: For those, can I ask you one more? I want to ask you one more question, Rob? And then need to be respectful of your time. Obviously, you've had a a business to run. Um, have you seen the MSRP's for your vehicles go up? Because that's another you know part of the story here with Stellantis that we think is holding them back is the fact that they've increased prices so much. Have you noticed that in your line of work with the medium duty trucks? Have prices gone up? Significantly, a little bit, somewhere in between.
2: Uh, they they have gone up, uh, but I think that our industry, I mean, MSRP, we don't. It, it, MSRP is not something. It's not a benchmark that we use. I mean, there's an MSRP on the, uh, you know, on the invoice, um, but it's not something. It's not something we base our pricing off. Of, okay, um, it, you know, it's just it's just a different kind of thing there's no murrony labels on our trucks um that kind of thing so uh but i will say that you know i can i can speak for bentley that you know we never we always you know we 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 would rather not sell a vehicle than try to gouge a customer like some of these guys some of these car dealers did at you know with, when when trucks when cars were so scarce yeah um we you know we kept you know we kept everything We were transparent about all of it, and uh, and I think it's it's going to pay off in the long run, you know. So yes, pricing did go up. Pricing pricing went up, but but it's it's stabilizing now. I guess would be the good word. Okay, and uh, you know, hey, you can always. You can always call us. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. <laughs>
1: appreciate that, Rob. Appreciate that. Well, Rob, thanks for spending some time with us. Those that aren't familiar Auto Insiders here on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, go check out Rob's interview with my dad over there on Auto Insiders. Rob, thanks for, for spending so much time with us. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. You made my day today, and, and that podcast was a lot of fun to do. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you, Rob. <laughs> thanks, Rob. <laughs> hey, I just want to call out there because I'm seeing some of the comments in the chat. Rob's yeah. in the medium-duty truck business. This is commercial trucks, so I see some of the comments about MSRP and whatnot. He's in the medium-duty truck business. different. It's a totally different yes. world than retail uh, sales. I think you know some of the comments in there, I think it's important to understand. He brings a different perspective from the medium-duty side, which I don't know about you, Pops. I know nothing about. So I just learned a bunch, which I found super um,
0: interesting. You know, when, when years and years and years ago, when I was with the Nissan, uh, when it was still Admiral Nissan in Pleasantville, New Jersey. Nissan did offer cabin chassis trucks to us. And we used to, we used to get the cabin chassis and then we would make arrangements with the, with the body manufacturers to send the truck off to them. And uh, Reading Redding was a, uh, was a, uh, a, a manufacturer that we used for, for um, work trucks, you know, with the lockable storage areas and, Yep. So so I have some I mean we did stake body trucks um hmm. so you know, on on a small Nissan platform. So I have some familiarity with it, but what Rob does is you know we're talking about a Best Buy delivery truck. That's a medium duty truck. Yeah. Okay. Um FedEx those that, that's a medium duty truck, so uh, it's it's a whole different world. Totally, when, when your customer comes in and they have certain specifications that they need for the back end of that truck and what what oh. it needs to be, and you know, and oh. his job is to work with the manufacturer of those bodies to make sure that it can all come together.
1: Super interesting.
0: All right, let's turn our attention back
1: to the lead story about Ram, Chrysler, Dodge. And Jeep, and let's come here to the chat for a few moments. Uh, Bubble Witcher says, "I remember Rob from the Chrysler Dodge Jeep yes. Marathon broadcast. Yeah, when we did the live stream from the dealership, Rob came on the show then live and in person. Yes, really the awesome. live
0: the live stream that nearly killed me. Yes, I remember that live stream.
1: Hugo, thank you for the kind thank contribution. You, we really appreciate. I think another big factor is the banks can't be uh, too strict, also because they let. Because let's face it, who wants to buy an affordable car with fifteen percent high?" APRs, 100%. This is something that's plaguing the industry right now and will plague the industry for the foreseeable future. And it's forcing automakers to have to step up with captive finance programs, but not everyone qualifies for captive finance. Exactly. So it's actually a shame. You know, like Ford's advertising right now, 1.9% APR financing for 72 months on F 150s. But you got to be really, really, really strong credit to get that. Yeah. So you're, I mean, and and to be clear, you can still qualify for like 2.9 or 3.9. So there are subvented rates for lower credit tiers, but still, you know, the big sexy one, you got to make sure that you're, you know, top tier credit.
0: Yes. And, and in many cases, that's like a credit score of 740 and above. Some cases, it might be 720 and above. Um, uh, you know, and but yes, if if you're like a 680, 680 and you, you don't qualify for the 1.9, but you might qualify for 2.9 or 3.9. It's still a cheaper interest rate than what you could get on your own. Totally. Um, but it's, yeah, anytime they're advertising special rates like that, it is for top tier credit. And if you're not top tier, you're not going to qualify.
1: Igor shared a comment earlier. Group one now reports that over 55% of their buyers on new cars have a finance rate of over 9.99% on 60 months. That's the data that I have. I mean, that just paints the picture for it, for you folks. Like that's, that's what's slowing people down from deciding to purchase that paired with the fact that obviously that monthly payment when it's all added up is so
0: high. Yes, you know, between the high interest rate and the high price to begin with, the starting price to begin with, especially for Stellantis products, then it then it becomes um absolutely unaffordable for the totally. vast majority of people. You can't you can't add a 10% interest rate to a $70,000 truck. No. And and come up with an affordable payment for people. You just can't. The two don't. the The two don't mesh. That's what I'm looking <laughs> for. The word mesh. Yeah, they don't mesh. They, they don't. We didn't they, have any mesh. They yeah, they're not like Chinese finger uh, cuffs. You know, <laughs> they don't mesh. <laughs> Let's keep it moving here,
1: folks. Adam, crazy knife mule. Love your uh, uh, love your photo there, Adam um yeah. here in omaha area trucks move fast my best friend best friend is lead diesel tech at a local ford dealer and they can't keep trucks on their lot i'm done with my uh, my wife's jeep yeah i mean i believe that there's still like f-250 super duties those things are still commanding a lot of um uh, a lot of price power pricing yeah. power it's the light duty pickup trucks that can't move right now i was talking to one of our dealer partners uh, and they were saying, like, anything you can do, Zach, to help us move Chevy Silverados, please. <laughs> like, we just have too many Silverados and too many Ram 1500s. So they don't have a Ford dealership. But our Ford partner, you know, they've got F-150s
0: galore. So I think it's the light-duty pickup trucks where really the pain is. I, I, I can help them. I, I I can help both. It's real huh. simple. Lower your prices even more. Um, you know, they they very well might have to be looking at a situation where, until they can get their inventories into more sustainable levels, uh, they might have to be looking at losing money on every one of the trucks that they sell until they get to that point.
1: I, I don't see another way, Dad. New cars went from being profit centers to being um, loss leaders, and you try and make it up in finance and insurance. And exactly. that's a hundred percent that's one hundred percent where the industry is, especially on these vehicles that are supremely oversupplied that being said orlando is yeah. asking a great question which is hey guys toyota grand highlander paying msrp is that okay these days thanks for all of the good info we have just signed up we'll be going live with our uh, toyota dealer on like wednesday or thursday this week but if you're in the market for a toyota you can fill out the form on caredge.com and tell us you're interested in a toyota and that'll get routed appropriately to our team the Toyota dealer that we're working with, Orlando, is at MSRP on Grand Highlanders and Grand Highlander hybrids. So, yes, I would say paying That's MSRP is okay on the Grand Highlanders. Many Toyota products are under MSRP, though. So, you know, it, that that market has changed even for Toyota. So don't overpay uh, for a Toyota. But the Grand Highlander, still pretty rare commanding that msrp price point i am so excited by the way dad we're going to get rid of that form eventually we're just going to have all the pricing on the website there's just so much work behind the scenes that goes into doing it so sorry y'all that it's a form right now but it goes to us not not a car dealer let's go here Dad, to robert ott Robert, oh, yes. thank you for the kind contribution. Robert's been tuning in a bunch recently. We really appreciate that. Worked all weekend at Dana in Toledo, pumping out axles for Jeep like dirty water dogs <laughs> and beer at a Red Sox Yankees game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and and what are, what are they doing with all those... Uh, axles are they, are they are they just stacking them deep and selling them cheap or are they just stacking them deep <laughs> i think they are just stacking them deep They're like
1: <sighs> it, 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 it's got to happen in the next couple of weeks here right like we're going to hear about plant plant uh, uh closures or or downtime because of parts availability or like we're gonna hear about it at some point because they just can't keep running these things at normal capacity right like well why would
0: can't they? Yeah, they can't keep producing at the levels they're producing when their day supply, their market day supply of vehicles, keeps increasing month after month. So, yeah, you got you got to do something different, okay? Um, And and hopefully the the new executive team for North America at Stellantis takes a look at their pricing strategy, what their pricing strategy has been, and And let me say this, they have figured out how to sell less vehicles and still make as much or more profit-wise than they did when they were selling more vehicles. So on a balance sheet, that probably looks great. For your investors, you can say, hey, look at all the money we're making. But they are losing market share rapidly. It is hard to get your market share back. Once you've lost your customer, it's the hardest thing in the world to get that customer back. And ultimately, they're going to need, like every one of these other manufacturers are going to need to figure out how to to sell cars to the 83% of the American population that feels as if they can no longer participate because all the stuff is too damn expensive. They need to increase their customer base so they will be able to maintain market share or increase market share. And when you have as many vehicles as CDJR dealers have on the ground, yep. it's time for major price concessions.
1: Definitely. But that's why I appreciate that's why I appreciate that. The comments here from Robert, because he's working at the, the downstream yeah. supplier of producing the axles. He's <laughs> like, Hey, it's like a Yankees Red Sox game. I'm slinging it <laughs> left and right. I mean, I think the perspective there's great because they're not slowing down. And that just means we're going to be talking about the same story in three more months, which yes. For better or worse is super interesting fly chomper fly thank you, thank you for being here with us as always special dollars and in incentives for local people will service at the dealer we always know yes. that, that if you're local to your dealer that is some extra leverage you bring in your negotiations dad i want to just take a moment here yep
0: go for it well i was going to say you know one of the things that i used to preach to every owner that i worked for is i used to try to remind them as the the way i put it was it is cheaper to keep our existing customers than it is to go out and replace them. Figure out incentives for these people to remain our customers. Okay, Uh, special discounts. If they service their vehicles uh, at our dealerships, then we can guarantee them an extra $500 uh, above and beyond when they go to trade it in because we know how it was serviced. Whatever the incentives are, you need to come up with incentives to keep your existing customers. That applies to dealerships on a local basis, applies to the manufacturers. It is so much cheaper to keep your existing customer base than to go out and replace it. The marketing dollars it takes to chase after new people is astronomical to to the amount of marketing dollars it takes to keep your existing customer base.
1: Speaking of customers, Dad, just want to give a quick overview to everyone, CarEdge.com. We are running our President's Day sale, and it's through the end of the month. This goes for extended warranties, $150 off. So if you're looking to protect your vehicle, take a peek at that. Folks, the services we offer back at CarEdge are fairly simple. Tell us what vehicle you're interested in. If you're in an area of the country where we can service you with our car dealer network, there's a very small fee to purchase that vehicle through us and get it delivered to your driveway with free shipping. If you are not uh, if you're interested in a vehicle that's not in our dealer network and uh, n- or not near where that dealership is, there'd be a significant shipping charge. We have a concierge service where we do the price negotiations, locating that vehicle, all of that on your behalf. If you submit this form and tell us where what vehicle you're interested in where you are, our team is then trained to help you navigate to the right product. That being said, we also have our Car Edge consultation calls and our Car Edge coach, where we have a team that can support you while you're navigating the process yourself. Please go check it out, CarEdge.com. That's how we can help you take advantage of our solutions. Final comment here from Steven, and then Pops, let's call it a show. What is your opinion on Aptera?
0: Isn't Aptera a, a, a solar-powered vehicle or I something? maybe. My opinion would be is I don't know enough about it to have an opinion Um, and 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 um, I don't believe it has a significant enough presence um, within the market to uh, to be concerned about it at the moment.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. That's my definitely. opinion. Completely, completely agree. And then yeah. we have from Hugo, thank you Hugo again. I tried to finance a new 2024 Chevy Malibu RS, 22,000 dollars affordable car. Gave $5,000 down and the rate was 15%. I immediately walked out and I said, nope. That's the landscape right now. That's the credit landscape right now for many people. That's
0: Hugo, difficult
1: to, people to swallow. Hugo,
0: go join a credit union in your area and find out what the credit union can do for you for a rate
1: just a suggestion a damn good one at that folks we'll be back tomorrow noon eastern a.m pacific i'll be here please 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 check out the website if we can help you we can pops you look great in green and uh
0: much love well you know, much love to you and and you look great in uh, in uh, what do they call that color
1: it's so interesting, you know. You talk about credit unions. I'm wearing yeah. merch from a company that literally builds software for credit, for credit unions. Union. So yeah, go yeah. check out credit unions.
0: Yeah. Credit union yeah. Boards, absolutely, yeah. And um, awesome. thank you everybody for being here today. And as Zach said, we'll be back here tomorrow at nine Eastern. No, nine Pacific. Nine Pacific noon Eastern. Well, oh, hell, we'll be back here tomorrow sometime. I'm hopefully push the button, in your then. time soon. Yeah, okay. I think you should do that. <laughs>